Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Don't forget tonight on News Radio 1070 WKOK, Shikolimi plays at Loyal Sock. Kevin Hurray and the coach, Dick Hort, with the call beginning at 6.30 with a 7 o'clock kickoff tonight as Shikolimi looks to keep its incredible season run rolling. Today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. The peanuts are roasted fresh and hot every day. The bags are right there at the register. And the pickle bar, getting more fans by the hour. Led by the barrels and the dills, is indeed second to none. Stock up for your tailgate now. Do not leave the area until you have stocked up at Brewer's Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Reese Davis in a moment, but our play-by-play call of the day. Charlie Steiner on the Dodgers Radio Network. And a high fly ball to right center field. That one is well hit. That one's on. It's way and gone. A grand slam home run for Kike Hernandez. Taking a page out of the James Loney songbook. Oh, doctor. The Dodgers now lead it seven to nothing. So how many of you in the pool had Kike Hernandez with three home runs in a single playoff game? Quick show of hands. Oh, you over there in Danville, you're cheating. You did not. All right. Kike Hernandez hit three home runs last night. We've had, what, two, three home run games in the postseason, one by Jose Altuve and the other by Kike Hernandez. Wow. By the way, Astros and Yankees tonight. Verlander, Justin Verlander gets the ball trying to keep Houston alive. All right. ESPN College Game Day is here tomorrow. Starts at 9 o'clock on the Old Main Lawn, runs till noon. The host of the show, and very pleased to have him with us, is Reese Davis in his third year in this spot. Reese, great pleasure. Welcome. It's great to have you with us. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. Uh, last time I can remember you being here to do an actual broadcast, actually it was June 24, 2011, at Eisenhower Auditorium, the Mike Krzyzewski Joe Paterno Day uh, was here just, at Pensacola. Yeah, I was asked about my last trip to Penn State. I've been there a number of times, and I believe that's the last time I was there, too, as, as I recall. So, um, you know, that was obviously a lot of circumstances came about after that that, that changed the um, complexion of all of that. But uh, that was, at the time, that was something that I was as proud of and as happy with it, perhaps anything that I'd done uh, up to that point in my career to have um, you know, those two guys, as accomplished as they were in their respective fields uh, on that stage together, was a, was a cool day. Well, you have a lot of cool days, and that means going to various places across the country. You've done that with college basketball game day. What's been the two-year trip like for you on college football game day to go to campuses uh, in the in the fall like this? Um, I, I kind of I lost your question just a little bit there. I apologize for that. I think you were asking about some of the better places that we've been in football. Yeah. Um, 
I tell you, the the ones that jump out to me, to be honest, is really the ones that are a little bit off the beaten path, a little bit that are a little bit different, or places in, in some respects like Penn State, in some cases where we haven't been. Not that it's off the beaten path, but um, that we haven't been in a while. Um, Kalamazoo last year for Western Michigan was just phenomenal. It was snowing sideways, and you know I'm taking a guess. I think probably fifteen thousand people there. It seemed like the whole town of Kalamazoo was there. <laughs> um, you know that was uh, that was memorable, and it was great because Wojciechowski got um, snow caked up on his glasses while he was trying <laughs> to do a stand up, and he looked like Frosty the Snowman. So it was pretty funny. Um, the and really the last couple of weeks, I mean. Uh, the crowd at, uh, you know, really last three weeks, uh, the crowd at Virginia Tech was uh, as huge and awesome and responsive as any that I'd ever seen. TCU was phenomenal. And then, uh, you know, James Madison for the second second time in my three years there, uh, you know, put on a show like you can't believe in terms of number of people turning out and signs and enthusiasm and responsiveness to the show and all of that. Um, it's, you know, those those places – I cherish every week because I truly have a deep love for the sport. But those that I mentioned uh, were have been have been just phenomenal and really memorable. Seamless. Uh, what you do is seamless, and seamless only happens through a lot of hard work and preparation. How much time does it take for you to put in uh, to make it seem seamless? And what kind of help do you get along the way that opens the door for it to happen? Well, we have we have an entire crew that uh, you know that works together. In fact, we just spent a lot of time together this morning. I get everybody together, uh, not necessarily on air people, but our various producers and Chris Felica. Um, we get together on Wednesday morning for a meeting uh, in, in my office to kind of lay out where we are. But that meeting is not the start. That meeting is almost like um, it's almost like a halftime adjustment, if that makes any sense, because. What we start talking about the next week's show uh, pretty much right after the, the one on Saturday ends in terms of what we expect. That by Sunday night, the emails are flying um, with ideas and things that we have to make sure we cover. And, you know, by, by Monday, Jim Gallero, who's the producer, he and I have already been on the phone a couple of times or so working together to um, lay out things and how, how the show might look. And, you know, I think you're just constantly reading and talking to people. And, you know, what, what I've tried to do is if, right, but just to give you an example, this is not a hard and fast rule, but, um, you know, we're doing, we're doing the game this week. And Chris and Kirk uh, and Maria will be there, and they'll spend a lot of time with, uh, with James and different things. So this would not be a week where I would bother James. If that makes sense, he's got mm-hmm. a lot. I'll right. rely. I'll rely on what we get from those types of meetings that might be useful to our show. But there might be there might be other coaches um, who have games that where we aren't at directly, or some of our crews are. Where I will, you know, make sure that I reach out, and touch base with some of those guys. Sometimes it's talking with a coach directly. Sometimes it's a player or two, maybe a sports information director, and you know. So you, it's kind of a constant process. I don't really know how to tell you um, the number of hours it is other than it's it's basically like a full-time job and labor of love that really is constant once the football season starts. Really it's constant once August starts. And um, you know, you sort of you sort of just live it. I mean, maybe that's the best way to put it is that, you know, for this show, the thing that I think makes it special is that all of us 
involved with it live this sport. It's not just, you know, an assignment. It's something that is important to us. It is something that is, you know, part of our sort of part of our DNA. It's something that's important to us and would be if we were uh, selling insurance or, you know, owned a plumbing company. This would still be something that, uh, you know, would be very important to us. What are a couple of storylines when it comes to the Penn State-Michigan game that uh, you've initially looked at and you think will make the cut? I think one of the first things that we're going to hit pretty early is that what this Saturday signifies is the start of a three-week season for Penn State. There really hasn't been much in the first part of the season in terms of a stern test. Now, I realize that Iowa turned into one, and they, and they passed that one in thrilling fashion. But, you know, there hasn't been anything that's a, you know, high-level elite test. We're going to have all of those questions answered in the next three weeks about Penn State. And I think it's a pretty significant uh, challenge for them because I think for any team, three weeks in a row is really tough. And the third one particularly so. They're coming off an off week right right now, facing a team that clobbered them last year. You know, next week they go to Ohio State. That'll be, you know, even though I'm sure they'll be battered and bruised after this, be okay emotionally. And then that third one's tough. Even right. if you know what you're up against, it's tough. So I think that will be that will be one of the storylines from Michigan's standpoint. I think we've got a really cool feature um, with how Harbaugh deals with and develops quarterbacks. And you know, I know Penn State fans right now are probably thinking, well, he hasn't done much of that this year because of their quarterback play. <laughs> but Jim's a really, really good quarterback coach, and so we're gonna we're gonna delve into that a little bit. And um, so those are a couple things off the off the top, and obviously there will be plenty of discussion about about Saquon Barkley and and running against the Michigan defense. Right, no question about that. Uh, we've now had the college football playoff now for for a few years, but still it's relatively new. Uh, what is it? What do you think it's taken for fans to adapt their mindset as to how it works? And why it works the way it does, because you know everyone's been used to over the years. Oh, okay, look at the polls, look at the polls, look at the polls. Then you know the BCS picked the top two and so forth. Has there had needed to be an adjustment in mindset by people covering and also by fans as to how this works and why it works? I think more so by fans because. I think a lot of us, and I, I don't, there's not a universal mindset for people who cover the sport for sure, but most of us have felt like that we've wanted some evaluation that reflected how good a team was, and we didn't just automatically put all of the teams with the lowest number in the loss column on top of the next one. Um, you know, so those types of things, I think, have taken some uh, getting used to for fans. They, I think, one of the difficult things in, in understanding it is that I, you know, I hear all the time, well, team A beat team B, mm-hmm, and that's right. really important. And that, what that is really, really important. But it can't be the be all end all if then you say, well, if, you know, Iowa State beat Oklahoma, for instance. Well, if Iowa State loses to Texas Tech, now they've lost three games, so now all of a sudden it doesn't matter that they beat them. They don't have to be on top of them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's. It's those types of things that lend themselves to some subjectivity, and we put trust in a selection committee to make those types of determinations. I think that's taken a little bit of getting used to. Um, but I do think that that fans 
like the playoff concept, and I think at their core, well, they have to like this because they, I mean, they have to like the subjectivity of it because if they did, they sure didn't like the BCS and there was nothing really subjective <laughs> other than the right. poll votes about the BCS. Right. That was a formula. That right. was a, here's, here's the data, you put it in, it spits out to, there's your answer. And when I hear people saying they want consistency, I'm like, yeah, there cannot be nothing more consistent than a formula that is put forth before the season. And people didn't like that. So, you know, I like, I like the way it is right now. I really do. I think it's, I think it's the best way to do it. Is it perfect? Of course not. Never going to be perfect, but I do think it's the best way to do it. I know. I've tried to, the the way I've explained it here on the show is that people have to understand when they come out with their weekly rankings, they said, look, that's the weekly snapshot. That's, you know, and yeah. the snapshot yeah. changes. That's how I've described it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really accurate. It it's not projecting. It's not right. saying that this is the way it's going to be at the end. It's here's where we are right now in the judgment of those thirteen people. Uh, and, and for the look, we we get to go. I don't know if you've had a chance to do this or not, but I, I did it a few years ago. You go through um, the mock selection process and uh, see how they do it. My bat, my my bat, my basketball broadcast partner Dick Girardi's done it, so he's he's told me about that. Yep. Right, it changes your perspective a little bit, and I think it takes away a lot of the notions. If fans could see a little bit more of that, and maybe maybe someday uh, some of us ought to live stream it and let fans watch it yeah. if they want to. One of these mock, one of the mock ones. I mean, I think there's some I think there's some value to having some privacy in the real room, but the mock selection, I think it takes away, it would take away. A lot of these notions that uh, people are biased because of the conference from which they come from, or or a coach they like, or a team they hate, or whatever it might be. You know, a lot. Of, it's it's not as hard to check that stuff at the door as people think. I always say, you know, it's sort of like our jobs here. All of us have a background. All of us have teams we grew up rooting for, and all of that kind of thing. But I think it's harder for fans to check that at the door than it is for broadcasters and not because of some lofty ideal of you know pure objectivity which is not real that doesn't exist in any facet of life let alone this <laughs> but, but but a fan's only obligation and that's what we love about fans their only obligation is to view everything through the prism of how does this affect my team you know that's all they, that's all they need to do that's all they should do it's what makes this sport great but when we cover it, or even more importantly, those people who are in that room, they have to view it through the prism of fairness as best they can. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's difficult at times for some fans to really believe that that's what, what happens. But I think, I think that happens in, in virtually, every, virtually every case. I'm sure there are exceptions because there are exceptions to everything. But for the most part, and certainly in that room, I think that's what happens. Right. No, that's, that's a great understanding of it. Uh, one final question I'll let you go because I know your time's valuable and we appreciate it very much. And uh, that, that deals with where we are right now. Do you feel like we're starting to get into a section of the season where these are like mini playoff weekends? <laughs> yes and no. Uh, it is, but then there are so many other factors that can mm-hmm. you know, that can sort of wind it back around. Uh, for instance, uh, when you have um, four of the top ten lose in one week, when maybe it doesn't. You know, if Clemson had been the only top ten right. team to lose, maybe they fall a little bit more. But four of them lost, 
So now, you know, it changes the evaluation. And it calls to mind last year when Pittsburgh beat Clemson. I don't, I, I want to say they dropped from two to four. They didn't even drop out of the playoff race. That's right. But that was because a bunch of other teams around them lost. So I think we're almost at a, at a stage of the season where there are elimination games for margin of error. And at least, you know, now we're getting to also there will be some quote-unquote elimination games like USC Notre Dame right. almost certainly is an elimination Agreed. Game. But, you know, that, that, that type of, I mean, you know, probably some circumstance in which it's not, but almost certainly it will be. So we're kind of in that stage of the season. So you're either eliminating your margin for error or you're eliminating yourself completely. Perfect answer. Reese, absolute pleasure. It'll be great to have you here in uh, Happy Valley and State College uh, for the weekend. And uh, best of luck with the broadcast coming up on Sunday or Saturday. Thank you very much. Reese Davis, the host of ESPN Game Day. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. True refreshment can come in many forms. But it can only be found in one place, the Beverage Supermarket. Brewers Outlet in Sunbury. Along with their great selection of beer, including imports and microbrews, they have lots of water, soda, fresh roasted peanuts, and an unbelievable variety of pickles at the pickle bar. Look for great deals on wine coolers and your favorite snacks, too. Get true refreshment all in one place. The Beverage Supermarket. Brewers Outlet in Sunbury. Don't forget, it's a 7.30 kick tomorrow night with a 6 o'clock airtime on the Penn State Sports Network and News Radio 1070 WKOK. So now you get to find out where you are. Uh, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, it's uh, look, it's great. This town, the town's alive. I did not know um, what to expect today. I didn't know if the, if people would be flowing in left and right to be there now, or. With a 7.30 kick tomorrow night, whether it would be some now, some tonight, some tomorrow morning, and then tomorrow afternoon. Everybody came in now. Downtown is packed and alive. I was downtown between 1 and 3 today. It is, there is a, there is an excitement uh, in this area. And uh, you know, I think people look the next the next fifteen days will tell us a significant part of the story of Penn State football for twenty seventeen, and starts tomorrow night. Simple as that. Sounds simple. Winning, it's not as simple, but. I think they're as ready as they can be. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere without question. 
Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And, yes, the pickle bar all together now is second to none. Led by the barrels and led by the dills. That's Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The Pick'em segment next on News Radio 1070 WKOK. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is putting other import brands on high alert with their drastic new Hyundai reductions. While other dealers have 2017 accents for $17,140, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has accents starting at $12,890. Compare a Toyota Camry with a 2017 Sonata for $18,965. And you decide which is the better value. All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty, a 10-year one. 100,000 mile powertrain warranty. Sunbury Motors has 13 Hyundai Tucson starting at 23143. Save up to 4949 on a 2017 Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. Santa Fe Sport start at 25766. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. Brand new Elantras start at 16680. With these prices, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is putting other import brands on high alert. SMC Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Accents to and Santa Fe models for SMC loaner vehicles. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. The pickle bar is indeed second to none, led by the barrels and the dills. Stock up for the tailgate right now. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Thanks to Dan Deardorff for being on the show this week. Jack Ham. Uh, Reese Davis today, Kimberly Jones coming up on Monday. Sean McDonough, the voice of Monday Night Football, will join us to talk about the Eagles and the Redskins. And uh, Dave Spadaro will be joining us on Tuesday with a postmortem on Eagles and Redskins from the Eagles Insider. Time now to bring in the king of all king, the prince of all princes, and the person right now who is so far in front, the rest of us are in his dust my brother. No way. I got my buck kick last week. Oh. Sean's right behind me now. You're in the rear, rear, rear view mirror. <laughs> oh. Well, there we hey, are. thanks for hooking me up with Billy. Oh, Billy no problem. Yep. Yep, I know. Yeah, Billy got a hold of me uh, last week. Yep. So, Thanks. Uh, so. uh, no problem. Anytime. He's going to be at the game. Oh, cool. Yeah, his uh, friend is in town who's a Michigan fan, and they got tickets to the game, so I told him to look you up. Okay. So, Very nice. Be, be nice, you know. I'm always nice, aren't I, Sean? Absolutely. Uh, you know, <laughs> all the stuff I say about the suit is deserved. It's nothing to do with nice. <laughs> That's so. a difference. No, Billy's a really good guy. I've known him for a long time, and we lost contact. And um, 
We had some good times. One time we took Spanish class. At this at Marietta College, we took Spanish class together. And I, I mean, I was bad. I, I had tried to learn the whole language in one night. You know, <laughs> it didn't work. And but the professor would always just speak Spanish, and he was mean, a little guy. You know, if if you were late for class. He locked the door, and you had to enter the class and talk in Spanish to get in. <laughs> that really didn't work. And <laughs> everyone was basically afraid of him. But the semester was over, and I was uh, me and Billy were walking through the language building, and we hear, Ronaldo, Guillermo. <laughs> what the heck? Because Kevin's not a Spanish name, so he called me right. by my uh, middle name, Ronald. So right. Ronaldo right. was my name. He waves, come, come. And we go to his office. He opens up a refrigerator. He's got a case of beer in there. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing you know, we're at the Ramada Inn in Marietta, and Senor Gonzalez is dancing by himself (laughs) out on the dance floor. And me and Billy are like, holy mackerel, I got a D. And I I didn't pass (laughs) the test all year, but he gave me a D. What was he drinking, Uh, Coronas? Well, I don't know. He ended up bringing us to his house. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was quite a night. And he pulls out this, this, I don't know what it was, but his wife was mad. And me and Billy looked at each other and said, we better get out of here. We walked home. Well, Marietta was a small town, but that was my my Spanish class. So <laughs> we had fun, a lot of fun. So. Well, good. I hope to see him tomorrow. He'll be there. I told him where you're at, and I'll send him an email. He may be listening today. Hey, Billy. So I got another listener. So that's eight. <laughs> <laughs> you brought in more than another sh- pickle. I want you, a pickle. You brought in more than Sean and I have. So I mean, yeah. that's a- <laughs> double digits by the end of the year. That's your goal. <laughs> right. In 10 years, we'll have 20. Oh, that's cool. There you go. All right, so what do we have on games? All right, so after six weeks, Kevin is leading with a record of 25 and 16. Unfortunately, went two and four last week. Stubbed the toe. Uh, Steve, you went three and three last week. I went four and two, thanks to the Rams and Steelers. Uh, but Kevin is 25 and 16. I've closed the gap 24 and 17. And Steve, you are 21 and 20. Well, that's what I was saying on the television show. Like, I don't know which ones I pick on which shows. I mean, I do three of these. So they put the graphic up when we did the pick em segment when we taped the show on Wednesday. Yeah, Kevin, listen would, to this. I, I went 4 0 last week. <laughs> I'm in first place. <laughs> really? Wow, we should play in that league, Sean. <laughs> yeah, what would our records be, Kev? You know? You'd be way in front. Oh, you'd, be crushing. You'd, be, you'd be way in front. Oh. I, I just started laughing on the air because all I kept thinking was about how poorly I'm doing with this one. <laughs> well, you're hanging in there. He is. Yeah, you're right yeah. there. Plenty of hey, time. I have so, another bad week. I'm yeah, out of first place. Hey, exactly right. I feel like I'm, I'm in the movie The Iger Sanction. All right, go ahead. That's how much I'm hanging in there. All right. All right. Here comes our football six-pack. Three college to start tomorrow. Uh, we stay in the Big Ten, Indiana and Michigan State. Who's up? How about the leader go first? All right. 
Well, I had the distinct pleasure to see Indiana in person. They were a good team, but they beat themselves. I mean, that game with Penn State was a blowout, but it was a blowout because Indiana kept just coughing the ball up all over the field. Um, and I think a team that does that struggles against good teams. I got Michigan State. I got Michigan State, too. L.J. Scott, who was uh, just pulled over without a license for the seventh time, is actually still going to play in the game. Uh, Michigan State, close game. I think they win it by a field goal. Okay, SEC, we have Auburn at Arkansas. I like Auburn. They had a hiccup last week, but that's a very, very good football team that's going to give Alabama a run for its money. I'm going to take Auburn. Yep, I got Auburn, too. Uh, I'll go against the grain. I got to make up some ground, and here's a golden opportunity to fall further behind. I'm going to take Arkansas <laughs> in the game to win. Uh, you know, the interesting part is that we had on oh, was it George Thurman we had on the show from USA Today? Yep, earlier, earlier this in week. the week. Yep, yeah, and he said it's interesting. Gus Malzahn, there's a lot of talk about whether or not he'll keep his job down there. You know, every time in the SEC they start doing musical chairs with coaches, they play right into Alabama's hands. Yes. I mean, because you have to go right in there. you got to start over. you got to get a new group in there. you got to keep going. I don't think any of them realize that a little patience and a little consistency could pay off for them. But that's not my job to tell them those things. I'll take, Ar- I'll take Ark of the Y because I don't work for them. <laughs> You just told them. <laughs> they listen. But uh, I'll, I'll take Arkansas, Arkansas. All right. Okay. Of course, we've got one game tomorrow night, Saturday night, 730. We're going to be dialed into Penn State, Michigan, the whiteout in Beaver Stadium. But there is another game at 730 also happening, too. So for the casual college football fan, uh, you got a nice double bubble tomorrow night. Uh, Southern Cal traveling to Notre Dame. I got this as a toss-up, and I give Notre Dame the home edge. Notre Dame. Or if I should swing in the other direction. Oh, man. That's a toss-up. I know. I'm just not sure about Darnold. He's going to throw no. a few more picks. Now nah, I'll stick well, with Notre Dame. That offensive line for USC needs work. So. Yep, I'll stick with Notre Dame. Oh, Kevin, you big mouth. <laughs> I had it marked down anyway, originally. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, I've taken Notre Dame and all the other shows. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because I think Georgia, okay, you know how I feel about the Notre Dame-Duke syndrome, right? That in college basketball, if you beat Duke, you get into the top 15. Yeah, but Wake Forest is 12 and 10. No, 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 they beat Duke. I ranked him 14th. Okay. Or Notre Dame. If you beat Notre Dame, you go up 20 spots. Georgia beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Ask me who they've beaten besides Notre Dame. But I will say this. They lost to Georgia by one. They beat Michigan State in East Lansing by 20. Actually, Notre Dame might be better than we think. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Notre Dame's going to sneak up on people this year. They're a very talented team. Uh, I used to love Notre Dame because of Lindsey Nelson. Oh, yeah, Lindsey Nelson, Paul Horning oh, yeah. would do those Sunday morning games. All that was on Sunday morning. 
Remember Sunday morning we watched yeah. Davy and Goliath? Hey, Davy, remember that little show? <laughs> sure. I watched and that as a kid too. Like me too. Yes, we did. Oh, yeah. Davy. Then, then once in a while we'd Davey. watch the Three Stooges, and my and my mom would go. Well, she hated us watching the Three Stooges. <laughs> and she turned into Mo. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, <geez>. I was <laughs> curly. <laughs> well, that's okay. I feel like Shep. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Three college there, three pro here. All right. 100.9 The Valley. 225 airtime Sunday. They'll kick at 425. It's been flexed down to 425 from their original 1 p.m. kick. Uh, be the Steelers entertaining the Bengals. Well, because Sean's going to be there, and I love that I watched the Steeler game. Man, they were good. And when Brown and um, and Bell are cooking, the Steelers are a hard team to beat. Uh, I got the Steelers. They finally got the offensive balance. I mean, look what happens with Lev Bell. Runs for 179. Yep. I think his uh, his preseason is over. Steelers. Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. We got a Super Bowl rematch on Sunday night football. Atlanta and the Patriots. This is a weird game. These are two teams not playing well, but squeaking out wins. The Falcons... I believe have a mental problem right now. I don't mean that in a bad way. That what happened to them in the Super Bowl is now carried over to this year. They are getting leads in games and then coughing up the game. They're letting the other team back in the game. They don't know how to close the game. And I think Dan Quinn has issues with the Patriots because he was a defensive coordinator at Seattle when the Patriots stole that game. And the Patriots stole last year's game on him. So, although neither team's playing well, I give the Patriots and Tom Brady the edge at home. Patriots defense, secondary, terrible. Matt Ryan is due. I'm taking the Falcons. Good pick. I'm going to go with Atlanta for because uh, the Patriots defense is not reliable. Monday. Very true. Yeah. Monday night, Eagle 107, pregame after 7. The legendary Merrill Reese will have the call 825 at the link. It is the Eagles and Washington. And we'll have Sean McDonough on the show Monday. We will. Wow. That's cool. Ask him about his Red Sox. (laughs) Uh, I will. (laughs) Oh, my God, what a mess. Anyway, um... I think Philly's the best team in football right now, and every time I say that, that team loses. So, But I still think they're the most balanced team. Wentz is playing great. Um, Philly's defense just beat Cam Newton to death in the game I saw. Um, and that's hard to do. I got Philly. They may come out a little rusty because of the long break they've had since they haven't played since last Thursday night. So they may be a little slow getting out of the gate, but... Uh... I've got fly, Eagles fly. Uh, Eagles are playing really well, and you know what? The first six games, they played four of the six on the road. Finally, to get yeah. back home, I think they'll not only win, I think they'll win big. That's same with the Steelers, too. Steelers have played four out of six, uh, their first four out of six on the road, too. Yeah, no, exactly. In fact, I believe the Steelers play seven of their final nine at home. Yep. Could you imagine a Steeler-Eagles Super Bowl? In this state? 
<laughs> in this state? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it, although you think you think that's crazy. You got to be in town right now. You got to see this town right now, just with this game. I can't imagine. God, I wish I was there. About half my commute, I'm on I-80, and Steve, you, Steve, you know that. Last night, I saw no less than ten vehicles with Penn State stickers from either New York or New Jersey heading due west to you know where. So there, getting a head start. Well, I went no, by the RV like lot when we drive there. It's, you know you're getting within 100 miles because all the campers and all the, you know, tailgaters. And I was shocked. Me and Claire went and drove around town like because we get up so early in the morning. It was 7.30, and there was 7.30 in the morning for what? What was game time? Four, three thirty, three thirty for Indiana. Seven thirty in the morning, a line of traffic just wrapped around the town just to get into the tailgating. Like, holy mackerel! These people are serious. So, oh, it's they are fun. serious. It's a fun atmosphere. So, well, you know what? I think people have been aching for years to see Penn State in this spot. And now I think all that emotion is pouring out of them. I felt that the end of the Ohio State game last year, yeah. there was an emotion in the stadium that poured out. That after all these years, look at this, and you could feel it as to you know because like the fans have been great. The, I mean beyond great, I mean, they've hung in every step of the way, and now they're getting their reward. Yeah, and again, back to the mental part. You know, yeah, we were always great, and Joe Paterno was the reason we were always great. And will we ever get back to that again? And then that whole episode with Sandusky. Well, you know, it, you have to admire the Penn State fan that they never turn their back on their team. Never. No, and never have. That Not one time. well for recruiting. That bode well for everything. Like, man, these people love their team. And now it's paying off. Good for them. Happy for them. You want to know what loyalty is? You want to see the definition of it? They'll show you definition one of Penn State fans' picture. That's loyalty. Right. Amazing. And the the fans have earned a weekend like this. Now we'll see how it plays out. But they've earned this. Offensive line plays well. (laughs) They'll need to. They'll need to. Yeah, well, there's certain you got ways the of getting back in the country, and you got to get him rolling. When well, there's he's certain rolling, ways they're unbeatable. Well, there's certain ways to get around a couple of things. Take my word, okay? Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. We'll, we'll, you, leave, we'll, we'll wanna, leave it at that. I want to see this kid pound it. I want to see him carry the ball 35 times in a game and pound it. He will wear a team down to a point where. That they'll submit, you know, that they won't quit. But I mean, they just can't take the beating anymore. I'd love to see him run that way, you know, and that would basically be the old Penn State way. But just, uh, just let him go, you know. Here you go. He's getting the ball. Try and stop him. I don't know if their offensive line can do that yet. So, but it'd be well. great. Great if they do because they're a tough out for any team in the country if he's rolling. Well, he is good. There's no doubt no, about that. He he's good. really, really good. So I mean, uh, it, now you'll be glued to watch your Yankees tonight. Oh uh, yeah, 
And I think we're going to the World Series. Um, that, see, th- in my world, this is I wonder about managers and coach. That's why in baseball it's called a manager, not a coach. You know. Yeah. Did Houston screw up by letting Verlander throw 120 some odd pitches the other night? His record after throwing long games like that is not that great, and it's just going to come back and haunt them that they didn't get him out of a game that they had. They they want I think that was five nothing or whatever it was. Or is it because I think it was two nothing, wasn't it? I I thought they only had two runs. Was in that it game. closer? Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. It's a seven-game series, you know. And did you did you burn your horse out? They're well, I felt I felt I, good. I felt he got his horse out too soon with McCullers. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, Houston's back's against the wall now. You know. Yeah. And you got Verlander out there, and is he is he up to it? I don't know. I don't know. The Yankees. Yankees are a tough out, and what a World Series! The Dodgers, Yankees, ooh, ooh. so <laughs> it's like the seventies all over again. Seventies huh? all over again. Yeah, it'll bring the fan back again, who's kind of walked away from it for a little while. It'll bring him back. Dodgers, Yankees, you know, two big cities. Hmm. Uh, I'm all in my Yankees, and you know what? The last time the Yankees were this good. Was when they were homegrown, you know, Jeter, Posada, um, Bernie Williams, Williams uh, the whole crew, the uh, Mariano Rivera. Everybody was homegrown. They brought them in, and now this is a homegrown team. They didn't go out and buy anybody. You know, they're someone's at my door. Someone's knocking at my door. Somebody's <laughs> ringing a bell. I got a song <laughs> for everything. <laughs> Evidently, Hi, honey. Ah, yes. And she's Claire. Claire, you're on the air. Final customer of the day. (laughs) Reminds me of a song. Absolutely. I'm sure it does. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy your game tonight. Good luck. Have a good call. Appreciate it. Have fun, Sean. Have a safe trip. Thank you, thank you. Tell Claire we said hello. Yep. They say hi. Claire says hi. Uh (laughs) All right. Hey, Billy, if you're there, go look my brother up. Right between the basketball arena and the football stadium. Okay, bye. All right, sounds great. <laughs> Don't forget, Loyal Sock uh, at home with Shikalimi tonight. 7 o'clock, the kickoff, 6.30 the airtime with Kevin Hur and the coach Dick Court. And then tomorrow we're on beginning at 6 o'clock with a 7.30 airtime for Penn State and Michigan here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.